Welcome to Metaphysical Soul Speak, the podcast. I'm your host, Elena Fox. Hey guys, I hope you're doing really well in this moment in time and that whenever and wherever you happen to be in this matrix of mayhem, (laughs) I hope that you are able to realize and recognize that the placebo effect in all things is real. Now, I don't maybe sound clear to you right now, but (laughs) bear with me a moment. Uh, What I'm talking about here is I was thinking about the lesson in A Course in Miracles in which basically brother Yehoshua who was channeled through the lady who wrote the course in miracles. He says it's ludicrous to believe that a pill will make you well. And I was thinking about this a lot because something weird happened to me about a week and a half ago that I did not tell you guys. And I don't know how to explain it other than it's ludicrous to believe that a pill will make you well. Yet I still take pills, (laughs) you know, when I need one. In fact, I took two today. I took uh, a diuretic and I took a, um, oh gosh, I don't even know. What did I take? Uh, (laughs) It was... Dole Loft or something. I don't know. Dolex. I don't know. I don't know what it's called, but it was, it's an anti-inflammatory because I was having pain and some of my pain has gone away and some, and I haven't, you know, lost any of the water weight yet. That one takes a while to uh, be effective, but pills do seem to be effective, right? And I think it's more the belief that makes us well than the pill itself, even though the the pill is physical, your body is physical, and there is some physical action or reaction taking place. There's some kind of a chemical thing happening, a chemistry-related thing that happens between the interaction of your pill and the body, but I believe there is a gap of belief. The placebo effect is real. So you believe that it's going to work, and it works, lo and behold. You have a tension headache, you take two aspirin, you lay down, you fall asleep, your muscles relax, and... Lo and behold, you wake up without a headache. Oh, wow, the pills worked. Might have been the fact that you feel relieved because you took the pill. Might have been the fact that you relaxed your neck while you were asleep. Maybe you had slept on it wrong earlier. Now you sleep on it right. And maybe there is an anti-inflammatory action in the aspirin itself that did allow you to have your muscles less constricted and the headache went away. It also has some painkiller components in what kills pain, but rather, you know, it, it takes the um, action of interacting with your chemistry inside your head, the neurotransmitters and whatnot, and bada boom, bada bang. <laughs> There's a block to feeling the pain, and now you don't feel pain. I don't know if it takes it away, just I think it might block it from being felt or registered somehow. 
But also, I think that there's a level of belief that a pill will make you well. And ultimately, it's you. It's your soul. It's your spirit that makes you well, according to this lesson in A Course in Miracles. And this one has been uh, giving me grief (laughs) for years because it really upset me when I first heard about it. It really made me angry. No, of course it works. Come on. I was really mad at Yeheshua. I'm like, why did you say this, right? But yet, think about how he healed people. He, they believed he would heal them, and then they were healed. Now, he raised someone from the dead. Well, the person is dead. How can they know that he's doing anything? They're dead. But actually, their spirit was nearby, and he called their spirit back into their body. He did this with the little girl that we read about, I think it was like a week ago. And also, um, eventually, we're going to hear about how he does this for Lazarus, who I think is one of his cousins. <laughs> what a name that is, Lazarus. That's a cool name. Yeah, do you like it? You like that name, Lazarus? Uh, well, apparently, Cat really likes that name. Yeah, you do, huh? All right. So, uh, something happened to me. I'm just going to tell you the story. This is too crazy. Um... I was having problems with my asthma. I wasn't being able to catch my breath. I was taking my inhaler way too many times. My heart was racing and I was kind of getting scared. And I took my secondary inhaler that is not a rescue inhaler because rescue inhaler wasn't working, but I used a preventative inhaler, which I had forgotten to take for several days, of course, which led me to the asthma crisis in the first place. And I took this inhaler, and what happened was it opened up my lungs a little tiny bit, or at least it took the inflammation and swelling out of my lungs because I have angioedema, and angioedema is in different parts of my body, and sometimes it's in my lungs, and now I can't breathe. And I mistake that for asthma, but if I take prednisone, it cures both things at least you know for a week or two and so even though I know it's ludicrous to believe a pill will make you well I believe a pill will make me well which means the pill is going to make me well right and it is ludicrous but it's also science and science is real and you know you make yourself well with your own belief about yourself right (laughs) You know, but at the same time, we have the genetic lottery and sometimes we lose. You know, sometimes we get asthma and sometimes we can breathe clear. It just depends on the genetics. So it's hard for me to justify this. um, This lesson still gives me grief. It really did. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. It just does give me grief. It does. And I'm even feeling grief, trying to explain it to you guys. But this is my prednisone story. Okay, so about a week and a half ago, I was having a really hard time breathing. I was just like, it was really bad. I had, I took both my inhalers. I had taken, um, I drank coffee, um, which is a diuretic naturally. I always do that before I hit the actual diuretic because sometimes it works uh, better. And I was just having all kinds of problems. Um, I took an allergy pill. Nothing was working. And I was like, dude, this is really dumb. See, 
I believed the pills would make me work, you know, would, I mean, would make me better, make me well, and that they would work, but they didn't. So obviously I had to up the ante and take a different pill. And that pill is the pill I have ultimate belief in. (laughs) Because it's funny, it works every time. Uh, It works for thousands upon thousands of people, if not millions of people. Every year, this this pill is the one that's a magic bullet, right? It cures a lot of things. Takes inflammation out of the body, takes water weight, swelling, asthma, all kinds of stuff. It knocks your immune system on its ass <laughs> because what is allergies and asthma but an overreaction an overreactive immune system that's exactly why you have problems with it because your body is telling you that the environment you're in is unsafe and it's afraid and so that has this overreaction which can lead to death <laughs> fake death it's not real I mean your physical body dies but you know you're still alive You just, you know, your soul doesn't have asthma, obviously, right? But your physical body apparently can. And anyway, so I took the prednisone. I I took 60 milligrams. That's usually how I start. I start off with 60 milligrams, and then I go down the next day to 50, 40, 30, 20, whatever. So I took, I put uh, 60 milligrams of prednisone um, in my hand, held it for a minute. I thought about it. I muscle tested it. I asked my spiritual healing team, is this going to work for me um, or should I do something else? And the answer was yes, it's going to work for you. So, okay, great. So I put it in my pocket and I went over to um, get the water to take the pills. And um, I got the water and I drank the water and my phone rang. It was my dear friend, Laron, who we talked like several times a week. And so we were talking and he's like, your asthma is really bad. I go, I know I'm on as I'm, I'm on prednisone. It's, it's going to be okay. I'm on prednisone. Don't worry. And he's like, it's really bad, babe. You really need to do something. I'm like, I've taken my inhalers. I don't want to have a heart attack. I don't want to die. I need to not take the inhalers. I'm really scared, but I don't know what else to do other than the prednisone, which I've already done. So it's being handled let's not talk about it anymore. You're starting to freak me out, you know? And he's like, okay, but I'm just saying, you know, my mom's got asthma. I'm so worried. I grew up around this. I I know the signs. I hear the symptoms. I hear the wheezing in your voice. I'm like, I know I'm on prednisone. Let's talk about something else. You know, like three times I was so mad. I'm like, let's not talk about this shit anymore. I'm on prednisone, you know, don't worry. Next day he's like your asthma. I can hear you, you know, like, I know, I'm on prednisone. In fact, you reminded me I need to take my 50 milligrams. You know, I took 60 yesterday, and today's 50. And my asthma should be better by tomorrow. Don't worry. Don't panic. I'll be okay. He's like, I can't lose my archangel. You're my best friend. I can't lose you. I'm like, I know. Don't worry. I took the damn pill. <laughs> Knowing full well that it's ludicrous to believe that a pill will make you well. So the next day I, I took the, um, 50 milligrams, you know, and, and I was just like, okay, great. And then the very next day I thought, well, finally that it finally worked. It took two days to kick in. I couldn't believe it. And then, uh, when I went to take 40 milligrams the day after I was wearing the same shorts I had had on a couple days before reach in my pocket and here's 60 milligrams of prednisone. Well, wait, what? 
<laughs> How'd that happen? This is really freaking weird. I never took the 60 milligrams and yet I wasn't totally better, but I was mostly better. And I started thinking about the energy that a pill has and the energy you give it. Nothing has any meaning except the meaning you give it. This is basic, classic, A Course in Miracles uh, uh, thoughts. I just looked at his 1222 on here. So anyway, um, so yeah, you know, you, you give it energy, you give vibration, power, energy through your belief, through your thoughts, through your words, through your actions, you give energy to something, you know? So I gave energy to the prednisone's going to work, kept it in my pocket and the energy of the pill after I gave it all this magical meaning that it's going to heal my body, carried it around for a whole day. The next day I wore a different outfit. I wore uh, long pants because it lo and behold, it was actually cold the next day and I was cold. I was feeling a little bit under the weather and I thought, well, maybe it's because of prednisone. I don't know. I just, so I, I wore a different outfit, but it was colder. And then the next day it was hot again. So I put on the shorts and here's the medicine. And it's like, what? And now this time though, I, I went all day long having asthma issues a little bit, but not really knowing the pills are in my pocket until I put my hand in my pocket. Finally, holy shit, there it is. So I don't know. I mean, it did have an effect. It did actually work a little bit. Just having that energy, carrying it around, you know, my pocket, I might as well have been carrying it around in a native American medicine bag (laughs) on my waist. You know, I might as well have carried it with me in a medicine pouch. And that makes me wonder, I mean, is it the meaning that I assign to it? Is it what gives, is it my energy I give to the pill that then it gives back to me? It reflects back to me what I believed it was going to do. Even if I never took it, it's not having the chemical reactions in my body on my neurotransmitters and on my, you know, the blood brain barrier and God knows whatever else it's going to be doing. It's weird, right? It's weird to believe. And yet it's true when you hold an energy of something. It's in your energy field and it will have some effect. So I don't know where I'm going with all this, but I wanted to tell you guys a story. I wanted to tell you, you know, the one (laughs) course in A Course in Miracles, ACIM, org if you want to go check this out but I mean for like 365 episodes in a row I did read to you guys the beginning lessons of A Course in Miracles so if you've been with me for years you've already been through The Course in Miracles at least the main lesson part not the actual book part which I do highly recommend you read but I mean I'm looking at this going what the actual hell I wasn't fully better. Usually after a night of taking 60 milligrams, I'm really better the next day. But I mean, I would have to say I'm, I was like 25% better. Like my asthma was bearable. I was still taking my inhaler, but not nearly as much as the day before because I believed I was on prednisone. I literally argued with my friend for 10 minutes. I'm on prednisone. (laughs) Don't worry. I'm taking it. I'm already on it. I already know. 
And he's like, but you got to take your inhaler. I'm like, no, I don't. I already took it too many times. I don't want to die. I already, I'm on the prednisone. Don't worry. I already took it. And I hadn't taken it. I don't think I even told him. <laughs> to, to this day, it's been like a week and a half. I still haven't told him. But nothing has any ma- meaning except for the meaning I give it. Nothing has any energy except for the energy I give it. It's ludicrous a pill will make you well. Well, what else do we have in here? There's some nuggets. <laughs> if we do some deep mining, we're going to come up with the gold here. So let's let's figure this out. Let's apply it now, not to pills, not to uh, medicine or um, perceived disease in the body, even though it's physical in the body, it's science, it's true that it's there and real and happens. People die of asthma all the time, not, you know, even babies who don't have the ability to comprehend what asthma is die of asthma. I mean, we know that science is real and all this is real, and we know that we decide what energies we're going to come in here with and we decide we decide on the on the diseases we're going to obtain upon arrival here because that's what we need to shape ourselves and hone our um, trajectory our path in life if I did not have allergies to animals and if I did not have asthma when I'm around animals if it didn't make me absolutely physically miserable to the point of coming within inches of my life being taken from me I would not have been doing this show I would never have gotten a degree in psychology I never would have been a hypnotherapist or life coach or any of those things, I would have actually been a zookeeper. (laughs) You know, that's how I limited myself because I would have worked with animals. I would have avoided people like the damn plague, which is probably good in the age of pandemic now, looking back. But I forced myself to stay away from animals for the most part, the better part of my life, the better part of my adult life anyway. I grew up around dogs and uh, cats and miserable the whole ch- my whole childhood because my parents put more emphasis and importance on having animals than on my physical health. You know, they. my dad, uh, when I was 18, told me that he bought me I know he paid my mother's $10,000 for her hospital bill to, you know, back in 1968 when she gave birth. He covered the expenses of that with the help of my grandparents. But he told me, I bought you and you're mine. He created a situation in his own mind that I'm an object. And he was very upset. You know, he wanted to return me to the factory for having defects You know, the defect was, you know, besides asthma, you know, the defect was, you know, I didn't want to do every single thing he said, you know. Now, my dad was a good man, but this is just how people used to think of children. You know, they're objects. They're not real. They're, you know, they're like living dolls. They're not human beings that came here with an agenda and um, 
you know, a prior set of spiritual circumstances. Not until you're adult were you ever given any kind of credence as a human being. Not until you were an adult did you like matter. You know, even my oldest said, I saw that in you, mom, a little bit. That you treated us a little bit like objects and not as much as people. And I'm like, I don't think that's true. She's like, well, you enjoyed dressing us. I'm like, well, I had to dress you. I mean, you can walk around naked. And did I enjoy it? Yeah, I did. Not because I thought you guys were dolls or whatever, but I did want you to look good. And, you know, I found the mother load of websites. Um, There was a business that I found where if I joined the business, I would get like 75% up to 90% off of designer clothing for my children. So I did that. And I mean, you know, I was giving my, my oldest, you know, I didn't know she was going to be my trans son later. So I dressed her in dresses and I put her in $200, $300 dresses that I got for like 10 bucks. <laughs> you know, it was like incredible deals like that. <clears throat> you know, and, and, you know, she's always worried about getting them dirty because they were so beautiful. And, you know, but at the same time, she's like, ah, oh, she just, you know, he says, now he says, I, I just, I don't blame you. They were really nice clothes, but I mean, I wished you would have put me in boy clothes so that I could have felt more like me and more comfortable. I'm like, I wished I had had the insight at that time. You know, I would have put you in those, you know, boy clothes because I had a discount on boy clothes too. I mean, I was dressing my son in really cool designer, little designer t-shirts that were like hundreds of dollars, but I got them for like $3. It was really, it was cheaper than if I went to, um, you know, a, you know, Kmart or Target or even Ross and they were designer clothing for children. It was like pretty crazy. But, uh, so I was, I was happy to have that. And, and then I, you know, I promoted the website and every now and again, other parents would buy into it and they would, um, you know, purchase a few things and then, you know, the clothes would arrive for them and the check would arrive for me. And that's just like one of the little businesses I had just trying to, you know, help my husband make ends meet, you know, back in the day when we we're both raising the kids together. But, um, but anyway, I, uh, I feel like, you know, like my asthma was some, one of those hindrances my whole life. And there was a reason for it. And I know being a zookeeper would have been my big (laughs) go-to, you know, I'm going to be a dog trainer or a dog groomer or a zookeeper, or, you know, I'd be training lions for whatever. I would have worked with big cats. I feel that's probably, you know, or bears or something. I would have, you know, worked for, worked with huge animals for Hollywood, probably for movies. It's probably what I would have done. It's would have, it would have been what I, my heart's desire, but I wanted to limit myself in the way that I gave myself asthma. So when I was born, I was in an incubator for three weeks and almost died because, um, I, uh, had this lung issue. I was born with a lung issue, water in my lungs, like just bad, you know, it wasn't karma. It was just what I wanted for my life was to be sickly in the way that I'm always having to deal with my lung issues, breathing and having a lot of grief on top of it made it worse. Of course, 
you know so i do believe pills will make me well i do believe my inhalers will make me well and so they do you know but there have been times when i ran out of my inhaler and i didn't have another one and i had to imagine and visualize that i'm taking my inhaler and sometimes that works not a hundred percent and when i finally get to the inhaler it actually physically works because it's physical and i'm physical right now or at least my body is physical so I don't know. This one has this one has escaped me in some ways, but I knew, know that there is a placebo effect. Now, what about the rest of your life? So, all right. Um, like I said, I want to unravel the gold here. <laughs> Let's go mining. So, what about your? Um, you believe that you don't have the ability to make money in a way. Um, you limit yourself, but then what's a placebo effect? You know, um, you apply for a job or you apply for something and you get a job and all of a sudden money comes in, in the way that you said, I can't make money in that way. So for example, say you went to a coffee house every week on a Thursday afternoon at four o'clock, four to eight, you know, you're going to work a four hour shift. You want to do, you want to read tarot cards for people, you know, say you're in Los Angeles. I have a friend who did this and, um, I told him to do it. I'm like, you're so freaking good. You should do this. It'll hone your abilities and, and help you, but also you'll end up making extra cash. Well, in the beginning, nobody was freaking going for it. And he's like, you know, he was living back at home after having lost his job. And I'm like, just try it. You're going to end up making enough money. You'll end up paying for all your expenses, and move out from your mom's house. And he didn't believe it was going to happen. And I'm like, I believe in you. And I know you believe in your ability and it's getting better. So I know it's going to happen, but let's, you know, imagine it's going to happen. Finally, the placebo effect, or I guess in this section, in this section of the world, in this part, of his ideas, his thinking was that he can't make any money unless he has a job. That was his. So he went out and got a job and told people at his job that he's doing readings and he kept and his job. Didn't, you know, include those hours at the coffee house. So he went back. I think he changed the days to Saturday. Now he's working Saturdays at the coffee shop trying to get, um, the readings, but all of a sudden through his job, he started getting all these readings, right? So now he's, doing tarot card readings for his friends. He's, you know, so in a way he didn't believe he could make any money doing tarot, you know, doing the readings. And then he believed he could only make money through a job. Then he gets a job and then boom, here comes a flood of money that has nothing to do with the job. But the fact that he's doing it from the people from his job, now he's making the money. That's the placebo effect, I think. I'm not really sure. I mean, I'm developing the theory as I'm talking to you guys, but this is how I do a lot of my introductions is it just starts to flow. And then eventually spirit will speak to me and I feel like it's silent at the moment. Anyway, I I do think that once you relax about something, like when I was scared because of the asthma situation and then I put the pills in my pocket and then I drank the water and I thought I took the pills. It was so silly, but I relaxed. And as soon as I relaxed and believed now I'm going to be okay. I was suddenly a lot better. I was like 25% better. It wasn't hundred percent because it wasn't the actual pill that I took, but it was the placebo effect, right? So 
as soon as he believed he was going to be okay and he got the job, well, now the money's coming in in the other way. He had relief. So I wonder if we just can't start with the idea and the physical relief, you know, like breathing, uh, relaxing your muscles, working out really hard for five minutes so that afterwards your body will relax or 10 minutes or, you know, maybe you need an hour. I don't know. I don't need that much time. (laughs) I work out faster than a lot of people do, (laughs) but my heart rate goes up there really quick because of the asthma actually. So I don't need 45 minutes to an hour of aerobics every you know day like I used to think I did I think it was actually detrimental to my health so when I stopped that I actually felt better when I just started you know doing like you know swimming or stuff in a swimming pool you know aerobics you know even if I did it for myself like 20-30 minutes I actually felt better and I was able to keep in shape for years doing that versus an hour every single day seven hours a week yeah, I, I lowered that down to maybe like, I don't know, three hours a week instead of, you know, seven. Actually, I was working, honestly, I was working out four hours a week or four hours a day. So I, whatever that was, it was, I was working out way the hell too much, wore out my joints, shouldn't have done that. Damn it. <laughs> but anyway, I don't know what you guys think about this. I want to hear from you, but Unfortunately, I still do not have any control over my Instagram, which is at mermaidgirl888. I don't have control over it anymore uh, because the hackers have stolen it from me and they still have it. And now people started writing to me and sending me photographs or pictures of, you know, screenshots of what these assholes are doing with my account. And I did get a, a flag. I got an email saying your account has been flagged because of false activity or some shit and it's like what are you talking about then when I try to file out the report they say well this count is still active it's not been disactivated so I don't know I still haven't heard from them I sent them the stupid JPEG that they required of me holding a you know picture of me holding the message they asked me to send them maybe I better go back and make sure I I have dyslexia. Maybe I wrote the number wrong or something. It's crazy. It's like, where the hell, how, how do these guys run a business that I feel like it's all automated and nobody's doing anything anymore. And I think the internet is dead. That's what I think. Anyway. So I, I want to talk to you guys about this, uh, this a little bit. I'm still, I think that if you believe something is going to happen, it's going to definitely happen. And if you have to get a job in order to make money in the thing you want to do without a job, maybe that's the secret. Maybe that's the secret for me. I don't know. Um, maybe, you know, you believe that you need to take mushrooms or lick a frog or smoke some weed in order to have a deep meditation and you would have had a deep meditation but it was your stupid beliefs holding you back and now you have to now you you know now you smoked a joint or you know had a hit off the bong and now you're able to meditate perfect maybe that wasn't even true maybe you haven't hasn't even kicked in yet and maybe that's the placebo effect you know for your spiritual stuff 
Maybe you believe um, what really relaxes you and point, puts you in the mood uh, to meditate is to have incense or a gong or um, instead of a bong, you turn to a gong and you, you know, to chanting or, you know, music or a vibration, 432 hertz frequency or whatever. I used to listen to 432 all all the time. And honestly, I started listening to 12,000 hertz frequency and I started vibing super high. And now when I listen to 432, it just feels so low vibration to me. It lowers me. It makes me kind of sad. It lowers me. It makes me a little depressed. And then I hear 12,000 hertz frequency and I feel great again. So I don't know why that is, but that's something I've noticed in myself. And, you know, maybe it's another placebo effect. I mean, I feel like when you commit your whole heart, your whole mind to something and you believe it 100% without a shadow, without a doubt, I think that your belief will make you well. And even Jesus said, your belief will make you well when he healed people. So there it is. Um, I wanted to, uh, I think I'm going to need to pause this to do the space weather thing, but I wanted to tell you guys about a really freaky dream that I had. And I talked to God, you know, prime creator about it because it's not, it's completely unlike any dreams that I normally have. And so it's one of those things that just, it stayed with me all day. And I'm going to do muscle testing as I work my way through this dream. So I was in a school that I was staying at, like a retreat at a school, which was not in the astral plane. Was it in the astral plane? No, I'm going to know. It was just in my mind. It was just, it was just a school in my mind. It wasn't like sometimes I asked to project to heaven or whatever and go to a school, but that's not what was happening in my dream. Like from last night. So I was in the school and while I'm in this school and there was, it was a school about relating, learning to relate to other people. And it was almost like the dating show, um, love is blind a little bit, but it wasn't about it wasn't that exact scenario where you talk to people through a screen and you don't actually see them, but they, they made you sit and have quality time with five different people. So for me, they sat me down with five different men and I spent hours, like one or two hours with each man learning to love them as a human being. It was in my mind though. It was in my subconscious mind. But I think it was maybe guided by my higher self. Okay, muscle testing suggests. So it wasn't like I went somewhere to do this with other people. It was just in my subconscious mind. But my higher self was putting me through these scenarios and guiding my mental body. And I'm getting muscle testing suggests for that. So my mental body was engaged while I was dreaming. And I was so, I had to go and speak to five different men about having just about getting to know them and asking them questions. And then I had to sit and listen. And afterwards I had to fill out a questionnaire. How did they physically feel? 
like energetically how did the energy physically feel how did their emotions feel how was their um was their mental body engaged or were they just saying stuff by rote memory just yeah 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 i'm fine whatever and like not really engaging with their answer and i had to like really listen and i was like being taught by my higher self how to really truly listen to other people how to listen to them when they say something out of fear to understand that they're afraid versus when they say something out of fear now i feel their fear now i become afraid and and it was more it was really deep it was like now i've got to hear their hear what they're saying feel the fear in it and unravel it in a way that i can pinpoint what's going on with them and say i hear you saying this but i really feel your fear and i want you to know that i'm not judging you on this and you're afraid i'm going to judge you when you say this and i'm not i will be your friend and i will love you no matter what whether or not we end up being a couple or not whether we end up dating or not this is an exercise in in intimacy you know on a much deeper level on a friendship level but it's deeper than most people ever engage right and so this is like my dream it was crazy so i'm like engaging with five different men and then at the end um and there were other people in my dream and they were doing it but it wasn't in the astral plane it wasn't in heaven it wasn't anything outside of myself it was just like my mind working some shit out basically and then i went to tell this one guy that i wanted to and i thought that we were expected to try to sleep with the person and i remember when i did that i felt like completely blocked energetically and the person um rejected me and i said it's okay you know and i accept your reality and your perception of me and i understand that i'm not what you're looking for and i'm okay with that and i like completely became okay with that and on a very very deep level and i i said i want you to be happy for you i want to be happy for me and honestly if i'm being very honest i'm trying to engage you in this way because i thought is what was expected of me but now i've learned my lesson i'm saving myself for my one true love and i know he's on his way and if he never comes at least i'm being true to myself i'm being true to my soul and my twin flame is my soul anyway so i'm always going to be faithful and true to myself as well as to him if he never comes at least i know what i need and who i want and who i am and that's the end of that and then this person this man i've never seen in my in real life <laughs> but i met my subconscious mind made him up and then he walked out and when he walked out he opened the door and the light flooded in and from behind me in the darker part of the building the water flooded in and it was seawater and there were these little tiny goldfish everywhere and they were about an inch long and i mean thousands upon thousands upon thousands of goldfish which is a symbol of abundance absolute abundance and the water was the subconscious mind so now suddenly my subconscious mind has been filled with all of this abundance and i'm walking on the goldfish i'm literally walking on my abundance and i had to keep i was very careful and mindful of these sentient beings that i'm perceiving these little tiny goldfish 
And I was like, it's okay, it's okay, little guys, you know. But I felt happy that they were all around me. Suddenly I felt this fulfillment. I felt this happiness. I felt that I'm in my own building and no one else is in here. And I could do whatever I want. And then I went into another part of the dream where, you know, now the fish, I, I followed, you know, the flooding of the goldfish. I started going, and as I was walking, um, I saw a room, and then I saw, like, kind of a light on in the room, and I heard some music, and someone was, like, dancing and singing, and I went in there, and it was uh, Britney Spears, which is very strange. I don't dream about her that much. I send her a lot of love and light, though. And she said, oh, I thought I was alone in here. And I said, no, I think we're um, the only ones here. And she says, so what are you doing? She says, and I'm like, well, I came to be your friend. And she said, good, I could use a friend. And I said, okay, great. And she was acting very innocent and shy. She was playing with some toys, like from her childhood. And she said, sometimes I want to be childlike. And sometimes I want to play with who I um, used to be. You know, I want to play around with the idea of who I am on the most basic, innocent level before anything bad ever happened to me. I said, I believe that's a good idea. I, I think that's awesome. You know, and we had some other exchanges, which is really deep and really profound. But then um, I said, you know what, though, Brittany... She says, I'm going to go get some pudding cups. <laughs> I want to go get some pudding. I'm like, that sounds really good, but I, I really just want some sleep and I want to go and sleep. And I wasn't really in the astral with her. I wasn't in the heaven or another realm with her. It was all in my subconscious mind. And my muscle testing says yes, again, for that. And so again, it's just all my subconscious mind stuff. And so I laid down and then she came and she put her hands, um, like interlaced her fingers with mine or no, actually just held my hand like a little girl holds with hands with the little girl. So the innocence. So that was my metaphor. She is my metaphor for my innocence, my internal innocence. Um, and what I wanted to reconnect with inside myself. And it kind of eluded me for a while while it went to go get pudding. (laughs) And I just laid down and allowed it to happen. And that might be a placebo effect of feeling innocent again, because we're all innocent no matter what. Right. So anyway, so she came back and I, and I fell asleep in my dream. And then I woke up in my dream and we were holding hands and I felt like I was integrated. I'm fully friends with my inner child, my sweet, loving, innocent person, which is She's dynamic and beautiful and amazing. Like Britney Spears is, but now here we are with this innocent, you know, sort of you know, vibe. And she had the most beautiful manicure. And I remember thinking, I admire your manicure. I want to have a a manicure just like this. It's just perfect French tips, right? (laughs) It was very nice, but it was very stylish and amazing. And I'm like, okay, maybe when I get back to my inner self and my inner child and I are integrated fully, then that means we are um, able to accept the nicer things for ourselves you know, I'm able to accept all of the things. And I woke up in a state of acceptance. Anyway, that was my dream. I wanted to share that with you guys. I hope that that brings some kind of, um, clarity on how to interpret your own dreams. That's always an important thing. Um, 
but I do use muscle testing a lot. You can look it up on YouTube. I'm not going to describe it right now because you need to see a visual of somebody actually doing it. So, you know, oh shit, you know, that's how I do the muscle testing. That makes more sense now because we're not always, um, able to know stuff, you know? And so I always ask, is this from my subconscious mind? You know, was this other person, you know, is Brittany trying to contact me? No, of course not. So, <laughs> you know, am I actually contacting her with my mind? No, of course not. Your muscle testing says no. Was it just me playing with my own mind? Yes, of course. That's true. You know, so that's how I do the muscle testing. That's how, that's how I utilize it in relationship to my, my dream, you know, just the ideas of my my own subconscious dreams. Now, not all dreams are subconscious like that. Sometimes you're actually, um, able, you know, to contact other people. Sometimes we're working together. I have, um, oh, I just looked at this 4433. So there's your angel numbers, guys. I have had, uh, uh, times in which I had a dream that I'm in a school and more looks like a castle, like Harry Potter or something kind of a building. And, other people have the same exact dream of me. We're all sitting on the steps. They'll say, yeah, I was sitting on an upper step looking down at you. And in my dream, I had, uh, like, I'm on the lower step looking up at them. <laughs> and we all look a little bit different, but we knew who we were. You know, and I've had people contact me saying, uh, I just had a dream. We were in school last night. I'm like, yep, me too. <laughs> you know, we're, you know, we were in, in between classes, sitting on the steps talking, and we're playing a game or we're, you know, talking about this one thing or whatever it is. And sometimes we have dreams where we're in the actual classroom learning from the professors, like in the seventh dimension. It's really trippy. But, you know, this dream I had just told you guys, this was my, it was my subconscious mind basically telling me that I, my subconscious mind has now flooded me with abundance because I've accepted no less for myself. So we'll see what happens with that. Hopefully this is actually something. And I made some kind of a breakthrough. I made a, you know, some kind of a something. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's go to spaceweather.com. See what's going on. Um, the solar wind speed has increased quite a bit since yesterday. It's now at 489.6 kilometers per second. We do have a geomagnetic storm in progress, which is pretty cool. And it looks like uh, we have already entered into a slow-moving but strongly magnetized stream of solar wind, which makes sense. That may be where the dream came from. This might be a CIR, a co-rotating interaction region. This means it is a shock-like boundary zone between slow-moving and fast-moving solar wind. And this is going to spark high-latitude aurora borealises tonight. There was an Andromedid meteor outburst as well. The Andromedids are back. Over the weekend, astronomers reported an outburst of more than 100 faint meteors per hour. It was the strongest outburst of Andromedid meteors ever detected by the Canadian Meteor Orbit Radar, according to Peter Brown of the University of Western Ontario. The radar map, a radar sky map, is on uh, spaceweather.com if you want to check it out. It's pretty interesting. It's a very gorgeous blue, anyway. There is a sunspot <clears throat> that's starting to grow on the sun right now at the circle location. So it's basically in the middle of the sun, 
a slightly to the left, just above the equator of the sun. And we are on sunspot number 47. Now, Andromedids are debris from Biela's comet, B-I-E-L-A, Biela, maybe Biela's comet. And this is known to historians as a comet that split in two. The 3D Biela comet started to fall apart not long after it was discovered in 1772. It was a double comet when it swung back to by Earth in 1852. And after that, it was never seen again. Now, in 1872 and 1885, thousands of meteors shot out of the constellation Andromeda as Earth passed by through Biela's remains. Chinese records described stars that fell like rain. There's a really beautiful uh, picture, uh, uh, a painting that somebody made, um, Amedi Guillermin, and he writes that this was his experience of the Andromedids on the night of November 27th, 1872, so you could go check this out on spaceweather.com. It's, it's very interesting to see such an old painting about something we're still currently now experiencing, even though it's different, it's still similar. So then the Andromedids vanished too, and now the shower has been weak or absent entirely since the late 19th century. But only a surprise outburst in 2011 signaled that Biela's debris might still be lurking nearby. And now this week's activity is now is even more promising, they say. Bill Cook of NASA's meteorid, uh, meteor, meteoroid, <laughs> heavens to Murgatroyd, meteoroid environment office, the MEO, is one of several experts. This guy, Bill Cook, he's the expert. He's been modeling Biela's debris streams, hoping to forecast a return. So the models generally don't do well in predicting the timing or the intensity, but this year the model got the timing roughly correct. And so you could look at his little uh, data here. It's pretty interesting um, here on Space Weather News. Or I mean spaceweather.com, sorry. So anyway, cosmic radiation cycles, we're at a high level. We're at 8.7% of the space age average right now, according to Ulu um, Sodan Kaila Geophysical Observatory um, coming out of Ulu University there in Finland. They have uh, checked the levels of radiation and the cosmic rays coming our way and it has gone down in the past 48 hours. 0.3% is how much it's gone down. Um, upper parts of Canada, Greenland and the upper northern, most northern parts of Europe is where the current aurora oval is so if you're going to look at aurora borealis it's probably unless you're in those regions it's probably best to check it out on youtube there's plenty of um, stations that show it live the solar wind is flowing from the equatorial chrono hole and there's new that should be reaching us on the third or the fourth of december so we're in the middle of a stream right now but the next one's once this one ends the next one's coming in three days so lately the solar wind is almost like a bus although instead of every three minutes it's coming every three days that's fun 
And the fact that it's a CIR, I mean, you might be going circling back around to old stuff and then coming back to new ideas. And I think somehow it's going to be building a bridge between our subconscious and our conscious mind. And I think that's what my dreams were about. If you had weird dreams like this, that is related to your childhood as well as how you view, view yourself and feel about yourself. Maybe that is what's going on. It might be the solar wind stream we are already in right now. All right. So uh, according to all sky fireball network and NASA's all sky cameras, we had 34 fireballs over the United States today. 32 were sporadic Two were November Omega Orionids. And it just looks like a big old messy ball of string of yarn when you look at the the uh, trajectory uh, map it's pretty crazy so Schumann Resonance News as far as Italy is concerned they say it's 6 so it's lower than normal it, it's normally 7.83 is the baseline average and now it's 6 so it's way lower than normal so okay there it is and according to the HeartMath Org and HeartMath Institute the Schumann resonances, sorry, this data is temporarily unavailable. Let's just chalk it up to the current solar wind stream and the co <laughs> was a co-rotating interaction. What did we say it is? A co-rotating interaction region, the CIR. So the shock-like boundary zone between slow and fast-moving solar wind. I think it's affecting us spiritually. I think that it's affecting us mentally. Um, you know, our brains are magnetic and this is magnetic, you know, it's plasma kind of coming our way. So just be aware of that. Anyway, guys, I'm going to take a quick break. When I come back, we're going to do the rest of the show right after a word from our lovely sponsor, jupiter-jewels.com. This episode of Metaphysical Soul Speak, the podcast, is sponsored by Jupiter Jewels, an independent online crystal store, helping you to connect more deeply with all Jupiterian blessings, including spirituality, abundance, self-growth, and more. Providing affordable shipping across the UK, Europe, and North America, Jupiter Jewels can help you progress on your spiritual path with ease. Visit jupiter-jewels.com today to explore life's hidden jewels. That's jupiter-jewels.com. Metaphysical Soul Speak is run on sponsors and listener support. This means listeners like you. If you are so inclined to support my efforts and my little podcast, please visit me at anchor.fm forward slash metaphysical and pledge an amount of your choosing today. Thank you.
All right, guys, so full disclosure, when I uh, made the first half of the show, <laughs> I had no idea what the show was going to be about. Um, I had a blank page with the words quantum immortality written at the top. I've been staring at that page for several days, almost to the point where it's lost its meaning. <laughs> but I think I might be doing a Thursday's show about quantum immortality. But tonight, I, I was exhausted. I actually went to bed for uh, two hours. I set my alarm for an hour, and then I snoozed it every 10 minutes for an hour. <laughs> you all know how that goes. But um, anyway, I, um, because last week was Thanksgiving, I didn't get my Friday pizza. So I ordered pizza tonight and some, you know, cheesy potatoes from the local guy um, that that has, there's like one restaurant. Actually, I just discovered a second restaurant that delivers here. But, um, you know, I live in a little Pueblo, so it's very small. But anyway, I ate, it was heavy food, and I went to bed for two hours. <laughs> and I said, okay, Prime Creator, we need to write this show. And I sat down to write it, and I wrote it in about 20 minutes. And I just is like, the information is just pouring through me. It's channeled information from Prime Creator, um, basically. It's good information. It's going to be a little different than the ESP one I did a couple years ago. But this one coupled with that one, it will dovetail nicely into each other. And some of the information might be overlapping, but not all of it. So I'm going to be talking about how to tap into your psychic powers tonight. Um, And I'm not going to talk about, like, you could be like a sender and a receiver of psychic information, but that's more of a telepathic thing, you know, between you and another human being um, where you're both actively participating and that's kind of a clairvoyant thing, I guess. Um, I guess it's more telepathy. But I did a bunch of shows a couple years ago on this. So you could go back a couple years ago. Uh, that information will always be relevant. I took a lot of that information and I even read books to you guys that were over 100 years old. So, I mean, if the information is well over 100 years old... And it's still relevant today. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's always going to be relevant, even in a couple of years. So, um, you know, keep in mind all that. Now, um, the first thing I wanted to mention before you even begin to tap into your own psychic powers, and of course, this is going to be like a mini class for beginners. If you want to tap into your psychic stuff. You're not going to want to be overrun by demons trying to push you and pull you in different directions and sway you into actions that might be harmful to yourself and others. Um, actions might lead to a rip or a hole or tear in your aura or, um, your chakras being taken over or blocked or your body being possessed 
<laughs> I don't mean to scare you. You're like, you're like, nope, turn it off, click. No, don't worry, don't worry. I got you. I got you, boo. Don't worry. <laughs> um, you need to just clear your space first, clear the energy. And you have to set up a, like a psychic barrier first. So before you start any of this process, uh, clear your space. If you have um, a bell of any kind, it could be a bell made of crystal, a bell made of um, metal, brass, you know, it could be a dollar store, you know, Dollar Tree bell, or it could be like an imported fancy schmancy Tibetan bell. I used to have that. Oh, it was one of my favorite things ever. That thing would clear the air like nobody's business. It cleared the energy, the vibration. Um, Love Motives meditation music. I've been listening to this while I wrote the show. And the name of the one, it's a live feed at the moment. And it's called Achieve the Impossible Higher Mind Power Manifestation Music to Manifest Miracles in Your Life. So I was listening to that while writing this class for you guys tonight. And this is, like I said, it's mostly channeled information from God directly. Um, so, you know, it's good information, but also it's based on my own um, stuff too, because it's kind of a co-authorship <laughs> scenario. Um, and anyway, I, I, I wanted to make my coffee, okay? So I could sit down and, you know, be fresh, um, you know, when I get into this and on this video, um, love motives, meditation music on this video, there's a little bit of a, um, his, his artwork is this spiral shaped. It reminds me of like a spiral armed galaxy in combination with like say fireworks. And it is a pale blue with white in the middle, like a white hot sun in the middle. And it's gorgeous artwork. And it's got some like lavender energy in there as well. Anyway, so I was listening to that for, I would say an hour. Well, maybe was an hour, maybe 30 minutes. I'm sorry. Cause I, I said, I sat down and wrote this stuff in about 20, 30 minutes. So I guess it was about 30 minutes. I listened to this and I paused it. I went and I made my coffee and I came back and I looked in my coffee cup and I had the same exact pattern in swirling on top of my coffee, like a spiral armed galaxy. And I looked and the artwork was identical to what was on my coffee. It blew my fucking mind. But I realized that this, uh, love motives, meditation, music, and others, uh, it's, it's powerful having a vibration set up in your space creates a vibration in your space that lingers. It stays there. So <clears throat> if you've had a fight or something negative that lingers in your space, you need to clear your space. So if you've watched a, um, violent movie or TV show before you go to sleep, you're going to want to clear your space, especially if you want to become a psychic, you need to keep your space and your energy clear. So, I mean, you could watch whatever you want. I, I don't recommend gory, violent, negative themed shows. You know, you're going to get to a point where you cannot watch this anymore. Um, some of you are okay with it though. But 
was really trippy is um, this really brought it home for me. You know, this right here was a psychic message to me from the universe saying, so when you set up a vibration in your space, it lingers, it stays there until you change the fabric of time and space in your space where you're at right now, you know, with something else. So if I put on, you know, another kind of show or whatever that will, you know, like a TV show that will fill the space. If I put on Seinfeld, now the face, you know, the space will be filled with hilarity and comedy antics, right? And, um, but then I put this back on now, it's this kind of a holy energy, this higher mind power manifestation energy. And when this happened on top of my coffee cup, I thought, oh yeah, that's a sign. It's a psychic sign. And that's exactly uh, what we're gonna talk about tonight because part of being a psychic is knowing how to read all of the signs in your immediate vicinity of where you're at. So that is a big part of it. We're going to get into that. But uh, the first things first is clear your space. I mean, you know, like I just said, love motives, meditation, music. That's just play that for 20, 30 minutes before you try to attempt your psychic stuff. Uh, you can use a bell. You can use sage or Palo Santo. It's funny to me that um, when I was in Colombia, this lady told me that this special uh, wood, when you burn it, it's like sage, but for South America, we use this wood. And I didn't know about that, you know, because I was only in, you know, Colombia for like, I don't know, like a month or something when this lady told me that. And so she convinced me to buy it from her for $6.50. And she said, it's from the jungle. It's very special. She got it from a shaman and I believed her and it cost her a lot of money to get to the jungle. I, I believe that as well. And hello, darling. You want to talk about psychic abilities? Hi, you want to say hi to the people? No, she doesn't, but she came right up. She's sniffing my coffee. <laughs> what you doing, baby girl? Hi. Hi. You want to say hi to the people? We're having a conversation with the people right now. Okay. She's like, what are you talking about? What people? I don't see anybody. <laughs> hey, baby. Knowledge, what are you doing? Hey, Miss Knowledge Raven spells in the house. <laughs> What's, what you doing? Yeah? Okay, okay. She wanted to give me a kind of a cheek to cheek. It's her version of, you know, you know, kissing. I, I think it's a French custom that all cats do. <laughs> you know, kissing me on the cheek. It's adorable. All right. So, um, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Jump over there. You got it. You got it, babe. She's trying to make a jump from my desk to her little cat tree. Oh, you did it. Good job. All right. Now she's going to be settled there for the night. Okay. So, um, anyway, so it's funny. So she, she convinced me that it was like $6 and 50 cents, very expensive, blah, blah, blah. And then I get down here to Ecuador and, uh, like Manzanita in, um, California in Southern California, you can just buy a bundle of Manzanita wood and put that in your barbecue to barbecue your chicken or your beef or whatever. Um, you know, even vegetables, people barbecue the vegetables with Manzanita, um, and it gives it a special distinct uh, flavor. It's like smoking your food. Um, 
you know, to give it a, a special flavor. Well, Palo Santo is used here uh, in barbecues. <laughs> so for $2, I could get like 12 of these things. And she sold me one for six fifty. It's hilarious. I still have it somewhere. I, it was like, I was afraid to burn it because it was like so precious, you know, the way she made it sound. And, and then I went to the store one day and I'm like, what's this big bundle of wood? And I smelled it. I'm like, dude, come on. This is like Palo Santo. Oh my God. She totally, I don't know if she tricked me or what she told me. I think she was telling me the truth. Honestly, she's an older lady and I just felt like she was telling me the truth, but she was also desperate for money. So I don't mind giving her the money, but I was kind of cracking up when I realized, oh shit, <laughs> I could get like 12 of these things for like $2. And this is what people use for barbecue here. Like, you know, Manzanita in California. And I thought, all right, <laughs> all right, you got me. But, um, but sage, if you're in the States, sage, um, cedar grass, um, you know, sacred grasses, you could burn, um, you know, to smoke, you know, the smoke will clear the air, bells will clear the air. Um, even if you have like a drum trap set, you know, hitting a cymbal, boom, that will actually clear the air. Um, if you don't have all that, you could just like play the energy, you know, like either love motives or you could just find the energy of a Tibetan bell. You know, I'm sure somebody has recorded it. Um, so anyway, so you want to keep it, or you can use your mind, your mental space. If you have uh, one of those aromatherapy mister things where you could spray it into the air, that also will clear the space with water, you know, with a fine mist. Um, that's another way to do it. So, um, yeah, Native Americans uh, do use like feathers. So I have seen uh, Native American shamans use uh, feathers, sometimes a whole wing of a bird I've seen. Um, don't go out and get that or buy that, you know, but if you are Native American, you already know what I'm talking about. You know, even one eagle feather, if that's illegal if you're not Native. If you don't have your BIA number, forget about it. Don't try this. But you could get a turkey feather and paint it like an eagle feather. It will work. I mean, sure, you know, that will work too. The turkey feathers are massive. They're really, really big. So... You know, if you get a bunch of them and then you string them together like a wing, that can be another way that you could clear your space. But just whatever you want to do um, to clear your space, just make sure it's cleansed, it's clear, so that when you do receive your psychic messages, they will be clear for you as well. So um, being psychic basically is a passive process. In general, it's a passive process. You receive the messages, right? It's receiving is an energy of um, being passive. However, you do need to take actions uh, to achieve it. So it's active in the beginning. And so the first action, of course, is clearing your space. And if you want regular messages, you're going to have to sit passively, but you have to do some things actively first. So you have to actively say out loud, I am ready to receive psychic messages from the universe. Now, if your own vibration is low, you're going to receive low vibrational psychic messages. If your vibration is high, it's like tuning your energy and frequency, um, like to the cosmic radio and you'll be able to get, you know, higher vibrational messages. Now, do you want, you know, just random messages randomly for random people? Um, 
you know, that might work <laughs> in the beginning. Who knows? It might work for you. Um, when I first had, <clears throat> I became a psychic through, um, my near death experiences, although I was always psychic to a certain extent and we all are psychic to a certain extent, but my near death experiences just kind of created a situation where I became quite psychic quite quickly. And I would see random people walking down the street and I'd know they were going to die within, you know, I, I knew like the week they would die. Of course, I'm the archangel of death. So maybe that's what <laughs> psychic messages that I get are related to me specifically, quite possibly. But I remember watching Chris Farley um, on an interview and I remember turning to my first husband and I said to him, he's going to be dead within six months. He's going to die He's going to um, do drugs and drink in a bar. It's going to be pretty gnarly. It's going to be very, very sad. But if I call him and tell him that today, he'll never believe me. He'll just think I'm a crackpot. And he won't be warned about it. He won't even think about it during that day. And there's nothing we could do to fucking stop it. And sure enough, six months later, exactly the scenario I said happened. And it was like, shit. And I was already with my second husband then. We weren't married yet. We were, we just moved in together. And I get this call like from my spooked first husband going, how the hell did you do that? I'm like, I'm fucking psychic, dude. I told you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's like, you're amazing. Holy shit. I'm like, yeah, I, I hate knowing when people are going to die because I can't, if you tell them that they're never going to believe you. I mean, I've celebrities, I've seen them. Uh, when the, you know the week they're announcing their wedding engagement, I already see the end of their marriage, how it's going to end, how nasty it's going to be, how the spouse is going to treat them, the whole. But they would never ever listen to me. I'm just a crackpot with fake information, right? But then it comes to pass, and it's like shit, 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 shit. I knew it. I saw it. Uh, you know. So sometimes you don't want to receive psychic, uh, you know, messages around, you know, celebrities or random people because if you contact a random person about something, it's like they don't really react well to it. There was a, a girl that, um, you know, she was a teenager. She was working at Kmart when I was living in North Dakota, and she was just the sweetest thing. I just loved her so much. I loved her. She was such a sweet person. And one day I had a dream that she's going to get into a car accident. And I just went in and I said, look, I had a dream about you. I hope it doesn't come true, but I had a dream you're in a really gnarly car accident. I'm really worried about you. So I'm praying for you. I want you to pray for yourself and I want you to pay attention when you're on the road. And she got into a car accident, I think like a week or two later, but it wasn't very bad. And in my dream, she had like died or was like in traction in the hospital. It was like something really, really bad anyway. So it wasn't as bad. You know, I like prayed and she, you know, and I think I had a couple of my friends pray for her as well, that she would be safe. And, um, the, her reaction to me was you're a fucking crackpot. I'm going to call the security to get you the hell out of here. You know, and I was just like, I'm just trying to fucking help you lady. You know, so you might not want the regular general messages, just random about anybody and anything. So your activeness, your action that you need to achieve, the thing that you need is <laughs> what you want to learn, you, you know? So, you know, cause getting those, the psychic messages randomly, a lot of times you can't do anything with them. 
You know, um, I had a friend who thought she was going to solve crimes as a psychic and she started getting messages about something, you know, like a murder case or a missing child case. And she told the cops where they're going to find the body and all this stuff. And she gave all this information. And then like the child was recovered like the next day or something. And she's like, fuck, I was really relying on my psychic ability for this shit. And and she got completely the wrong message. I don't know what went wrong. I mean, you know, but we're going to talk about what goes wrong (laughs) later. But, um, so anyway, so (laughs) clearing your space, that's a huge part of it. Um, and if you want regular messages, like, you know, psychic things coming to you all the time, be regular with it, sit at regular intervals or at specific times. Like for example, every four, you know, four o'clock every afternoon or six o'clock every morning, um, your choice of time, you know, you don't have to do it at, you know, what I just said, it could be like eight o'clock at night. It could be eight o'clock in the morning, just whenever you believe you're going to have that time every single day. You might have that time every day to yourself, to your mind anyway. You know, you could clear your space. You don't have to have like a yoga studio in your house. This could be seen at your kitchen table with your first cup of coffee of the day. Put out the energy, you know, clear your space and then put out the energy, you know, clear your aura, clear your chakras, do all the normal stuff, clear your Pepsi bodies, um, you know, your physical, emotional, psychological, spiritual, individual bodies, you know, um, just clear it all out. You just imagine that it's clear, you know, that you're draining the energy, um, through your feet, just into the earth to ground, you know, just, you know, but make sure you do to the fifth dimensional, you know, um, earth, not the third dimensional earth, since we are vibrating at a higher level and we're trying to raise up our vibration. It's a vibratory rate. We're not just going to hop into another completely other realm that we don't recognize. It'll look just like where we are now, just at a higher vibration and things will go more clearly and you will be more psychic when you get there. And we're almost on our way. You know, we're halfway there now. We've got a foot in each dimension, basically energetically speaking. But anyway, so sit at regular intervals and times and you, and make sure you sit for a good minimum of 10 minutes. I would say 30 minutes to an hour you know, but whatever you have, if you have 15, 20 minutes, do that and just say, I am willing to receive messages. Now, if you want random messages and we all just talked about that, but if you want real messages about a real scenario, um, what is my best place to work? Where should I work? Uh, show me the face of the person I'm going to marry. Show me, um, if I'm going to have children, show me, uh, what is my best career for my highest good and the highest good of all around me, you know, like those kinds of questions or, you know, where did my sister Susie put her favorite tennis shoes? She can't find them, you know, whatever it is, you know, I lost a necklace. Where is it? You know, um, you could ask something specific like that. And then you just sit, you know, I prefer to keep my eyes closed, but you don't have to, you might want to keep your eyes closed for maybe five minutes and then open them and see, you know, what happens. Um, you might be doing this every afternoon during your walk. You don't have to be sitting passively. You could be out actively looking for signs as you ask and give, give the universe, you know, some lead time of a few minutes, sometimes 20 to 30 minutes. Usually 
when I was doing cloud readings, when I lived in the, in uh, Cuenca, which is the cloud, you know, near the cloud forest here in Ecuador, I would ask the clouds, I would ask God to show me in the clouds, um, information and God could show me the information within minutes. But when I asked the cloud spirits, certain things, um, it would take them 20 to 30 minutes to respond to me you know, to formulate the clouds, the cloud messages. I mean, I would literally get clouds that shaped like the number seven or, you know, or like of someone's face in a third dimensional form. It was really, really crazy. Um, the clouds are very active and they like to interact with you. So you might want to do that. Take a walk on a, on a, you know, blue sky, puffy white cloud day and, and ask, your ancestors to show you a message in the clouds or your uh, higher guidance system, your uh, holy guardian angel, your spirit healing team, your spiritual guidance team. If you don't have that, set one up, set one up. You can ask your deceased relatives, you know, ancestors are the same thing as that. Basically, um, ask them to help you, you know, your spirit guides, ask them to help you ask them to bring you messages about a specific topic. That's the action you need to take. So I would like to know, uh, when my love is going to show up in my world and I might want to know about his or her face, right? So you might say those kinds of things and say, I am open to receiving messages about this topic and then go on a walk for an hour or half hour, whatever, or go, you know, take a drive to your local park every day and sit there and see what messages come. Now, um, when you ask the universe for signs and messages and visions, at first it's going to show up as various things because you know, your psychic ability is not limited to one specific thing. It's not like I'm only going to have psychic dreams and nothing more. You might get, um, words that ring true or stand out for you. So someone might be saying a normal sentence and then all of a sudden, I mean, I just said words that ring true. So maybe for you, the words ring shit. I, I was looking at rings today. I was thinking about rings today. I had to dream about a ring. You just said ring. Holy shit. The phone just rang. (laughs) (laughs) I walked by you know, uh, a group of people celebrating, um, you know, an upcoming nuptial. And there was the bride had rings on her shirt that symbolized marriage. And, and, you know, like, so you're wondering when that person's going to give you a ring and now boom, the word ring is everywhere you look, you know, (laughs) you get an advertisement for ringtones for your phone. And you're like, holy moly. Every time I turn around, the word ring is in that sentence, right? you know, that might be an example. So words that ring true or stand out. So say, um, you know, you haven't heard the word barbecue sauce in years and suddenly everyone around you saying barbecue sauce and, and, or, you know, barbecue. And then all of a sudden, um, you get invited to a barbecue and you're like, holy moly, that was a sign from the universe that that was like kind of the foreshadowing because that word kept standing out to you. And then something came to pass in conjunction or relationship to that word. It's kind of weird but it happens. So, um, number signs happen. You all know about one, 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 11, 11, two, 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 three, 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 seven, 17, seven, seven, seven. And today I just got a phone call from somebody. I missed it. I didn't talk to them, but from area code seven, 17, 
and I looked it up and holy shit, if that's not where my dad grew up in Pennsylvania, holy shit. I didn't even know that that existed as a, as a phone number uh, prefix as an area code 717. Holy moly. I I've been seeing that one everywhere. And then someone called me from that area code and I look it up and it's like, that's from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. That's where my dad grew up. What the hell? When he was very, very, that's where he was born. And I'm like, I wonder if this isn't from my great aunt Millie or, or, you know, somebody, you know, over there, or maybe aunt Millie, I I don't know. I got to see if aunt Millie's okay now, you know, or it might just be a random, you know, like (laughs) phone call, just like a weird coinkadink, maybe coincidence. I don't know. But, uh, so number signs keeping, you know, and you might want to get a diary. This is another part of your action you need to take to receive your passive psychic, um, messages. So get a diary, you know, just for this and write down all of the impressions you get. Uh, the word ring comes true. The, you know, the word ring, I keep hearing a lot. Barbecue keeps coming around. Um, the number 717, uh, I keep seeing beavers everywhere. I saw a beaver when I went, you know, walking, you know, in the park the other day. And then I saw someone had a beaver on their shirt. And then somebody had a shirt that said the beavers on it. And then I saw, you know, so it might be something like that. It might be an animal, animal messages. So, you know, it might be for you, um, a pit bull everywhere you look, and then you turn on the radio and it's the, the singer pit bull. And it's like, what the hell? And maybe you've been looking for, you know, bringing a new dog into your world and into your life. And then boom, it's a pit bull, right? <laughs> you know? So it just, whatever your thing is, you know, that you're working on receiving visions about or information about, Pay attention to all of the signs. It might be on a billboard, might be graffiti on a wall near your house. It might be, um, you know, in song lyrics, you, you know, turn on the radio and you were just thinking about something. I wonder if my twin flame, you know, is out there looking for me. And then you turn on the radio and it answers your question immediately. What you were just thinking and the lyrics will say something like, where are you, my love? I've been looking for you. And you're like, holy shit. I was just wondering that. And now this lyric, he just spoke to me. She just talked to me through this song, through these lyrics. Holy moly. Other forms, of course, are clouds like what I've already mentioned. Even skywriting. You might be thinking, will I ever get married again? And then you walk outside. You're in Los Angeles. You look up. Someone's hired a skywriter for someone else and says, will you marry me? You're like, holy shit, (laughs) you know, this kind of stuff happens all the time. But if you pay attention to it, that's when you get the real message. You might be on people's t-shirts, might be, you know, all kinds of things. Um, You might hear people speaking to you through telepathy, although that's not technically, you know, receiving a psychic message, but rather it's just another factor or a part of uh, ESP, which is extrasensory perception. Um, so, but that, and that's what being psychic is, it's extra sensory It's beyond the five senses and it's the perceived notion or feeling. It's a lot of times it's like a gut instinct that, that this is a psychic message and not just a random string of words or whatever. So visions will happen at your designated time. So every day at four o'clock, you sit down and at 420, you have <laughs> 420, you have a vision or 
it can happen at random times. It's not always going to happen at four o'clock, but you can force your mind to get into the correct, you know, idea that every day at four, I'm going to receive whatever psychic messages I need for, you know, and eventually when you get really good at this, you could be, uh, you know, for your clients every day at four, you sit down and you're now going to receive uh, messages for your clients and you write them down and then call your client and go, this is what I got. You know, you might do it that way. You know, who knows? So it could happen at random times. It, it just feels like you're suddenly in a trance state for a few moments. You feel almost like a white light overcomes you. Um, and you might get visuals. If you close your eyes, you just feel like you're embraced in this white light hug. It's kind of a higher vibration energy sometimes. For me, it is. Um, there's like a trance like state energy. Um, I get physical tingles. So you might get physical tingles. You might hear voices in the room telling you things, um, or might not. I mean, it might be your holy guardian angel or your, um, you know, your spirit team. And, and you might also feel an energy shift in your room. I always feel like an energetic shift. Like I'm like, woo. And if it's someone coming to tell me something, all right, I'm going to, all right. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Thanks grandma. All right. She just told me something. Right. So you kind of get that feeling of, ooh. The energy shifted. I feel someone's here. You know how you feel like when someone walks in the room physically and you see them. Well, the same thing, but they walk in the room and you don't see them. They're not physical. <laughs> They're not in the third dimension. So you're like, oh shit. You know, someone's here. Oh, gotta listen. What what do you have for me? You know, <laughs> what'd you find out? You know, you can have your your grandma might become your gal Friday for your psychic messages. You know, so. Um, you can hear voices in the room, energy shift, uh, the presence of your holy guardian angel, deceased loved ones, uh, your spiritual guides, you know, um, your ancestors, any, whoever you work with, you know, um, again, keep the energy clear in your room. You know, don't just welcome anybody, but tell these specific people, Hey, you're loud. Marilyn Monroe. She's one of my spiritual guides. She could come in, you know, and she could tell me if she wants to, she feels like it. She has other shit to do. She's busy in heaven, but Sometimes she helps me. So, you know, that might be, you know, so you might have specific people you can name, right? Sometimes the, the psychic uh, power, the psychic uh, messages will come just boom in a flash and you suddenly know something almost like lightning happened inside your head is a boom, a flash. And it's a quick download of information. It is a clear knowing and you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt. Um, a, a friend of mine, Barack, he, Brock, he actually, um, he's Archangel Barack Ayel. He actually contacted me saying, I know who your twin flame is. I was just going about my business and I thought about you randomly. I thought about you, uh, finding and getting together with your twin flame. You talk about it on your show. I've been listening for about a week and all of a sudden like a flash and he said it was like a flash of lightning inside of his head he just saw white light in front in, in his head and all of a sudden it was like he downloaded a packet of information energy and information was in that light and he just felt this um kind of a peace overcome him his heart opened up and boom and he wrote me immediately your twin flame is boom boom there's his name and i went holy shit I was asking for confirmation, my psychic message from the universe to show me that I'm not crazy, that my very, very famous, beautiful twin flame is who I think it is. And here a random stranger who happened to listen to my show for a few days in a row 
he got this download, this flash of knowing. And then he writes me immediately. And for me, that was my psychic confirmation, but it was a psychic confirmation for him as well. And now we're really great friends. It was like, he's like my baby brother. I'm like, Oh my God, I haven't seen you in like, I don't know, a million years or something. You know, (laughs) it's literally been like thousands, hundreds of thousands of years, you know? And so it was nice to get in touch with him again. As I, I love him dearly anyway. Uh, so yeah, sometimes it just happens like that. Boom. It's like a flash, quick knowing you get this like download of information and suddenly, you know, everything boom, my uh, oldest kid is extremely psychic and I could ask my child anything and immediately they know it. They know it. Um, I'll go, what do you know about this? And they'll just go, hold on a minute. And they kind of, their eyes kind of go up into their head for a minute or they'll close their eyes and then think about it. Um, and then, okay, well, this is what I'm getting this. It's this, (laughs) I mean, I've asked, you know, when, when, uh, he was 10 years old, I said, Hey, can you do me a favor and tell me about this? It was like some kind of scientific, like quantum mechanics type of thing. And I mean, five seconds later, you know, he was telling me the whole thing. I looked it up on the internet and it was almost word per word. <laughs> I was like, how the hell did you do that? And I mean, for any topic, cause he's that psychic. He can just tap into any knowledge in the universe, anything at all. It's like, damn. And so that's how good you can get. Now my, my oldest kid has been at this for lifetime after lifetime. And so now when <coughs> the spirit of my child comes here and is in a physical form, can just tap into the former psychic ability that was built up over time, you know, so you might have it built up over time too. And so it might be very easy for you, but if you're new to this and you're just starting out on this road of building your psychic powers, um, you know, I'm telling you, this is just, you gotta be aware. You gotta be open. You gotta be active and also passive. It's kind of a, a balance. It's a harmony. Anyway, so you might get a download of information, visions, might come to you as a scene playing out and it might be like you're watching a movie on a screen or as if you're there living it in that room in your future it might be in real time and you are actually seeing the future so i asked god about this prime creator and he said um your consciousness goes forward in time But sometimes what happens is that your messages and ideas and your knowings, where it's just like a boom, quick, sudden download flash and a knowing, those are things from the future that go backwards in time and meet you in time. But your consciousness can go forward in time and that's an active way. But the passive way is the messages come to you, the ideas, then sudden knowing it's like from the future and it goes backwards in time. It's almost like when you're there, you send it back to yourself. Oh yeah. My 20 year old self is going to want to know this shit, you know? (laughs) Um, so from a standpoint of living it fresh in the moment is, uh, somehow sometimes that's how you're going to see it. So, so you could be seen there, you know, in your room now where you are now and you want to see your future and you project your consciousness. So, and you do it, you get to be so good at it that you will be 
in your future body, sitting at your future desk, in your future kitchen, going, how the fuck did I get here? This is a a really depressing little place (laughs) compared to where I was a few minutes ago. And then you, then you come back to where you were and you're like, Oh, I hope that doesn't happen. Right. (laughs) That literally happened to me. I saw myself in this really weird, depressing, tiny room in Guatemala. And I'm like, how the hell did, and I was sad. And my husband had, had died. And I'm like, Oh, I hope to God that's not my future. Well, unfortunately it was. (laughs) <laughs> and I saw it and I'm like, ah, I'm like, who's that? And then I'm like, damn it. That's me. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. But you know, it's okay. It all turned out. Okay. But it, you know, is as okay as it can be. It is what it is. And it's over now ish, you know, <laughs> but anyway, um, you might begin your ancestors, your higher, uh, guarding your higher guidance system or your holy guardian angel or your spirit guides just telling you in, in like packets of light, just boom information. Now information is like packed into light and then you have to unravel it. You have to unpack it and you might get downloads or, um, crude, uh, or with the crude ways that I mentioned before, I wrote crude ways, uh, crude meaning like, uh, you know, um, you know, on t-shirts or songs or in, you know, it might not be a flash or a download inside your mind. It might just be outside of you at first. If you don't believe your psychic abilities inside you and you have to look at outer ways, it will come in outer ways at first until you can trust and believe in, in yourself to receive the information and know it, you know, thinking, you know, and knowing two different things. So uh, the other crude ways might be using a pendulum, using your muscle testing. I still use muscle testing and pendulum. Um, you can use tarot cards. I still use uh, cards sometimes, but usually I just ask God and God gives me the answer. It's like easy. (laughs) In fact, I was playing a, a quiz game and I said, Hey, prime creator, let's play this quiz game together. And he said, oh, that'll be fun. He knows all the answers anyway. (laughs) And he's like, well, what do you think the answer is? And I'll say, I think it's this. And he'll say, no, it's this. And so I'll do what Prime Creator says. Oh, yeah, you're right. I became a millionaire already once on the millionaire app. (laughs) Who wants to be a millionaire? You know, it's just fun. It's questions. But if I don't know the answer, I'll say, what do you think it is, God? And then I just use that as my psychic ability. (laughs) to see, you know, to hone my psychic power, like, so I can hear the voice of God better. It's kind of fun. We play, you know, it doesn't, doesn't hurt anybody or anything. And not actually there in the studio playing the game. It's just an app. It's fun. You know, that might be another thing you can do. That's like a crude way of uh, testing or strengthening your, um, psychic abilities and powers. So sometimes and it, and if, especially at first, it just feels like, you know, your psychic, power just feels like your imagination. You're just visualizing some shit. You don't even think it's real. You're like, "Ah, I don't know. It just, this doesn't even feel real. It doesn't seem real, but this is why you need to keep a diary. So your, of your visions, your ideas, your thoughts, your psychic impressions, um, any outer form that comes your way, like I said, t-shirts, lyrics, and songs, words that keep standing out and you keep hearing over and over and over again, you know, um, Anything that comes to your mind that you feel has a psychic charge to it. And the energy is a little different 
there's like a little bit of a different quantum spin to that word or that idea or that impression. There's like something that's nagging at you in the back of your mind. Like, oh man, that's something different than everything else. I'm all the normal information I'm getting, you know? So that's going to be, um, what you do. If you keep a diary, if it feels like your imagination, then you keep a diary of a vision and you think, well, it's probably just my imagination. Well, you know, like a week later, if it actually comes to pass, you go ding, 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 ding. I actually was psychic. It wasn't my imagination. Now I know what it feels like. So with practice, you will understand what's just your imagination and what is literally you seeing the future. Okay. So accept the information, even if it doesn't come to pass, even if you know, things pass in a different way, don't stop believing in yourself and your abilities because you are psychic. So why won't a vision of the future come to pass? What are the reasons? I'm going to tell you the three reasons right now. The first one is directly from science, quantum mechanics. It's called the observer effect. Things change when you look at it and pay attention to it. Particles of the universe behave differently when it is observed. The observer effect changes the path and the trajectory of particles in our world. So if we're keen on observing something come to pass, it might not pass that way. Things might not happen in the way that you saw it because of the observer effect. So if you didn't know it was going to come to pass and then it came to pass, how would, you know, then you don't know your psychic one way or the other. It's just something that happens. But if you know it's going to happen and you're waiting for it and you're thinking about it, everything in the universe is going to line up in such a way. And if you doubt, so if you're being the observer, but then you doubt it's going to happen, well, guess what? It's going to happen the way you expect it because of the observer effect here. <laughs> you could doubt yourself right out of that scenario. So stop doubting, believe in yourself and your abilities. So if you don't believe it will happen, or if you take this uh, steps to assure it won't happen, then it definitely won't such as you decide you definitely don't want that or you change your mind. Now I've told you guys a story about my friend, uh, God bless her. I love her so much. She's, you know, very famous, but from the 1950s, she's a movie star and she's my old roommate. And we were, um, talking one day and she said, I really want love in my life again. You know, I've been through so many, you know, she'd been through so many horrible relationships. She went through a couple divorces. She's just like, damn it. You know, I just want love in my life. And so I went into a trance and I saw her vision. I, I, I saw a vision of her future and I saw her and I told the story a couple times on the show. So if you've been listening to me for a while, bear with me. This is for the newbies. Um, but anyway, so she, um, was in my vision. She was parking her truck. She has a very old white truck. And she's parking her truck in front of this specific uh, shopping mall and going into the grocery outlet to shop for groceries and up in Nevada City, California. And um, there's also California City, Nevada, which is funny. But anyway, Nevada City, California. And so she, um, in my vision, she went there and she came out with her groceries and went to her truck and it wouldn't open. And she's like, son of a bitch. Like she's so angry. And then this really handsome native American 
man walks up. He has long braids down his back, like sexy AF baby. And he is gentle and kind and sweet and slightly younger than her. And, you know, so it's kind of hot, like, Ooh, baby. And he walks up and he's like, why are you trying to get into my truck and swearing? And she's like, what? And she's like angry. And then she looks inside the truck and holy shit, this isn't my truck. And she's terribly embarrassed. And then they have a good laugh. And he goes, I believe your truck is over there. And it's like a couple trucks over and, and it looks, and they have the same make and the same model. And it's kind of hilarious. And they have this good laugh. And, and I, and I saw him that he is a toy maker. He makes toys out of wood and he sells them at the craft fairs. And he also gives away uh, free uh, wooden toys to the children of the community um, that are of poor families. And he makes like little cars and stuff and, and they're pretty intricate and really cool. And she's like, Oh, that's so sweet. What a wonderful love. I, wow. I really want that. And so later she says, speaking of, let's go to grocery outlet. (laughs) So we go there and we're looking around for a truck that looks like hers. And we're like, oh, damn it. He's not here. And we started laughing. He had a good laugh over that one. I'm like, trust me, it's going to happen exactly the way I say, I just feel it. You know, it's true. And, uh, she, um, called me a couple weeks later and she said, she, she basically said, oh, fuck that shit. I don't want love. I don't want a relationship. Relationships are hard. Eh, I don't want any of that. Blah. <laughs> a couple weeks later, she calls me and she says, it fucking happened. It motherfucking happened. I'm like, what happened? She said, I came out of grocery outlet carrying my bags and I bought too much. Like I sometimes do when I've had too much wine to drink. And I, you know, went to this truck and it went open and this gorgeous man comes up. And he's like, why are you trying to get into my truck? And we had a good laugh over it. And he tried to give me his number and I blocked my blessing. I just could not handle being in a relationship or whatever. But you're right. There's a man here with his gorgeous long hair. He's beautiful. But I just, I I blocked my blessing. And so like the relationship didn't come to pass. She never found out if he makes toys or not, you know, (laughs) and you know, none of that stuff. She doesn't even know. We don't even know to this day if that part of the vision that I had was true, but it's really freaking weird that I saw a guy with the same truck as her and she actually fucking met him. (laughs) It was true. She's like, holy shit, you know, but she blocked her own blessing. And so I saw them in a wonderful marriage, like, like she moved in with him. She kept her land that they would go and work the land together, but she would, she moved in with him and he had a cozy little white house. And I saw the whole thing and she, but it it got to a point where she's like, I don't want to live with a man. Fuck that shit. She literally said, fuck that shit. I don't want that. And she moved back to LA and you know, she's, as far as I know, she still lives in LA, you know, so she's doing her thing in LA and signing autographs still you know, of her picture of her with Elvis, <laughs> God rest his soul. Um, anyway, so if you don't believe it's going to happen, then you will sabotage yourself subconsciously or consciously. You will take steps to assure this thing won't happen. So if you decide that you don't want that, or you change your mind about it and you can see it in advance that it's going to happen, then you can block your blessing or, or block, you know, the vision might be negative. Like you see a car accident. Now you've blocked that. I saw on a day when it was raining. It was so every time it's raining. Now I take the bus, 
you know, you might block that thing from happening. And that's when a vision of the future does not or won't come to pass. That's because you've decided consciously to change your reality. Now, the third reason why a, um, the third reason why a vision of the future won't come to pass is because your vision that you had at the time that you had it was on a different timeline than you are now. So it might be that you had the vision that was going to happen in a certain way, but now you've hopped up 20 timelines since you had the vision. And remember, we do live in a quantum universe. It's not static. It is constantly changing. It is continually changing. And so when you hop the timelines, sometimes that vision won't come to pass exactly the way you saw it. It might come to pass in a slightly different way. So maybe, uh, for example, I saw a vision, I mean, probably 200 timelines ago now, (laughs) I saw a vision of how my guy and I are going to meet. And I was sitting on the sidewalk um, looking at a jewelry from an artisan here in Ecuador in my vision. And I felt him before I saw him and he walked up to me. This is a psychic dream that I had. And he walks up to me and he, and he just looks into my eyes and he smiles. And I just, I stand up and I'm like, Oh, it's you. Whoa. And he, he puts his arm or his hand out to grab my hand. And he says, shall we then to the fifth dimension? And then he locks my arm in his arm And then a stairway appears and we walk up the stairways into the fifth dimension. That was my dream. Obviously, a stairway is not going to (laughs) happen in reality world, right? It's not going to happen like that. But that really gave me a pause. Like, oh shit, it might be when I'm just being my normal self, be bopping around town. And ooh, this artisan has some really cool necklaces. And well, shit, howdy. I feel like buying something today. So, hey. I might be in my own little world going, Ooh, this is a pretty rock. (laughs) This is a nice piece of jewelry. I like this ring. Oh, I like that bracelet. Can I try that on? You know, that's what I'll be doing. Something in my own world, you know, geeking out on crystals and rocks like I do. And then he'll show up and I'll just look up and I might be covered in dirt. My clothes might be ripped and (laughs) weird. You know, it might be something like I'm just being my normal self just going about my normal day and I look up and there he is right I've seen a vision like that it's like that makes a lot of sense like he's here to scope out the region for a movie he's gonna make or some shit and boom it's just automatic and he recognizes me on a soul level and he speaks to me you know so I but I don't know that's a couple hundred timelines ago You know, it might be, you know, I've also had thoughts. Now, I don't think this is a psychic vision because it has a different aura and energy and feel about it, but that I get hired to write a movie and I am flown to Los Angeles where I meet him in a studio. I like turn around and he's standing right there. You know, either he's part of the movie or he's, you know, walking into the wrong, you know, sound stage and it's an accidental meeting. (laughs) accidental (laughs) there are no accidents in this universe so not really it's not going to be an accident 
anyway, so keep these things in mind. Um, you know, you know, pay attention to the feelings. You might want to write down what was the feeling I was having when I had this thought. Was it different than my normal feelings? Um, you can have psychic visions. I, I have them, um, at random times throughout the day. I have them when I'm about to fall asleep and suddenly I get an absolute vision of what's going to happen. I will have dreams. I will have, um, you know, I had a dream about my daughter, uh, 10 years before she was born and I knew what she was going to look like. She's going to be a blondie with blue eyes and I knew it and I felt it and I loved her. Oh my God. And I started buying her toys. I started buying her movies. I bought her videos and by the time she was born, everything was on DVD <laughs> and my, my husband had an old VHS player. He's like, okay, well let's bust that out, that out. So she could watch her Felix, the cat videos and she loved them. She's like, oh my God, you bought these for me. I'm like, I bought these for you 10 years before I met your father because I knew you were coming. I had, and it was a flash. It was a vision. Then, and, and I had actually, I had, I got pregnant and had a miscarriage and she haunted my ass for a while. And that's when I said, you could feel energy. You feel beings in the room. My little grandbaby came up to me, um, right when I was falling asleep the other night, I saw her, she has blue eyes and dark, dark, dark skin. And oh my God, she's cute. And she was like, she was putting her little hands on my face and staring into my eyes. And she had a couple teeth. So she was a toddler when, when I saw this vision, I was like, oh, and she got her teeth early and my kids got theirs late. So it must be from Danny, my son-in-law. And I'm like, oh my God, I saw my little grandbaby and she's so pretty. And I just wanted to hug her so much. And then I woke up and I was like, damn, I'm going to have a grandbaby soon. Right? So sometimes, you know, the grandbabies come, the, the babies come, <laughs> they will let you know. That might be your first psychic thing. So write all that down, write the impressions, write the feelings, write everything. You're going to do it. You're going to get there. Don't worry. Just accept the info, even if it doesn't come to pass. Okay. Believe in yourself, believe in your abilities. You are psychic. It's built into the pattern of humans. It's built into the pattern of man that you will definitely be psychic. So, you know, it's like a muscle. And if you uh, don't use it, it's atrophied. And if you do use it, it grows. So go ahead and practice these things and let me know how you've done. You could write me at metaphysicalsoulspeak at gmail.com. Um, don't contact me on my Instagram right now, guys, because, you know, I was hacked. So be careful about that. Don't give anybody any money, especially if they say it's me. It's not me. I will never contact you to make a video or send me money. Um, I don't solicit, you know, money. I don't, I don't work with Bitcoin. I will never ask you money for that. Just, just keep in mind guys. Anyway, I love you very much. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of metaphysical soul speak, the podcast. That's all she wrote by she, I mean me, <laughs> I, love you. I will be back tomorrow with all unique and original programming, just like always. But until then I am signing off with peace and joy and the high vibes of the Holy fifth dimension until next time, guys, peace.
Hey guys, I've been making episodes of Metaphysical Soul Speak, the podcast, for a while now, and many of you have contacted me wondering just how you can support me and my podcast. Well, I have two solutions for this question. Number one is to become a listener supporter in which you go to the Anchor app, locate my channel, and sign up anywhere from 99 cents to $9.99 monthly, and you can stop anytime. Or number two is to make a one-time donation of any amount via Zelle, bank to bank, or through PayPal using my email, mermaidgirl888 at gmail.com, also located in the show description. Now with this option, you aren't uh, obligated monthly in any way, and you're also not limited. Thank you all so much in advance for your support. Let's keep metaphysical soul speak on the air and onward and upward to the fifth dimension together, guys. Thank you.